Hello and welcome to Switzer Investing. I'm Peter Switzer. Thanks for joining us. On tonight's show, Julia Lee will be coming on the program and I'll ask her how big does she think this sell-off is going to be and how scared is she about it? Uh, a guy by the name of Jeremy Grantham out of the US says the market could fall 45%. Now, I don't agree with Jeremy, but I'll be very interested to see what Julia has to say. And also my next guest, who is June Bailu of Tribeca Alpha Plus Fund. And I'm, I'm interested to see how she thinks she's going to play the market this year. You know, um, I'm keen to see whether she's also spooked by those big calls by Grantham and others, others who are saying that the Bitcoin sell-off is like the canary in the coal mine, telling us that something really bad is about to happen. As I say, I don't agree with that assessment, but I'm prepared to listen to other people who are professional players of the market. So I'll also ask Julia and Jim Baylou what stocks they'd like right now for the year. What are those stocks that have that the kind of potential to go up, even if there is a, a bit of a sell-off in the early part of the year, which I am expecting, but not as significantly as 45% as Mr. Grantham has had to say. So before that, let me have a look at some of the issues that may well be making Grantham come up with this enormous call. He's from a fund out of Boston called GMO. He's about 83 years of age nowadays. He's made some very big calls in his life, uh, and he's been right on a couple of those occasions. But for the last 15 years or so, he's been making big calls and he hasn't been getting it right. He, in particular, was against the Australian property market. You know, living in Boston, I wouldn't have thought he had too much experience about the Australian um, sto uh, real estate market, let alone the stock market. But uh, he seems to be very keen to always tell us that the Australian property market is going to collapse. Uh, he's been getting that wrong quite consistently. I guess one day he might get it right, but I don't think now is the time. And I think history is against him as well when it comes to the impact of rising interest rates this year. You see, if you want the main reason for the stock market selling off right now, it's not the effects of Omicron and its impacts on the economy and businesses, company profits, ultimately share prices, good company profits and share prices are linked, and also jobs. Uh, Omicron is, is a negative, which is not helping. But the really big fear factor at the moment for the stock market is the fact that the US looks like they're going to raise interest rates, the Fed, that is a central bank, uh, in March. And there's a big meeting on this week. Uh, it's called the FOMC meeting. And uh, that meeting is likely to reveal what the Fed is thinking about interest rate rises going forward. Now, uh, at the moment, if you look at what the Fed, Fed officials have been predicting, and they always do actually do a prediction of what Fed officials are saying about interest rates going forward. There's an expectation from the Fed that there'll be three interest rate rises this year. The bond market disagrees and says they think there'll be five. And a gentleman by the name of Jamie Dimon, who's the CEO of that massive US investment bank, JP Morgan, he thinks there could be seven. Now, I don't, I'd love to know what Jamie um, Dimon is smoking. I don't see that any ghost of a hope of seven interest rate rises in the US this year. <clears throat> Three is a lot of possibility, could be four or five. But what's also interesting, if you look at the history of uh, interest rate rises and the stock market, 
the, the, the facts are that when interest rates start to rise, there can be a bit of a sell-off at first, but eventually the uh, recognition is made by the market that, hey, interest rates are only rising because the US economy is getting stronger and is growing more strongly. And that's why interest rates are rising. And so for a lot of the first few, even four or five or six or seven interest rate rises, the stock market keeps on rising because it's in the context of a strong growing economy where the interest rates are trying to kind of slow it down a bit so you don't get excessive inflation. So I think that's one part of the, the history story that makes me less worried about the interest rate rises that could be behind, which are actually behind the current self. Then the second part, which is a historical um, uh, piece of analysis as well, is that when an economy is strong, uh, it actually provides plenty of opportunity for company profits, and those company profits then feed into share prices. And what we've seen is that when the uh, economies of the world come out of the restrictions associated with the pandemic, whether it be the original coronavirus or the Delta variant or now the Omicron variant, that there is a big economic surge after that. And I think provided we don't get another variant that really rocks the uh, the world economy, uh, I, I think the economic strength of the global and the local economy will be such that it will help stock prices go up. So what I'm seeing for this year is a sell-off now, um, um, clarity around interest rates uh, emerges in the first half of this year. And once that clarity is established and once the Omicron is uh, a less of a threat, and we are actually seeing um, <clears throat> many areas where they think the Omicron threat is peaking, um, when all that's out of the way, then I think, and particularly for the Australian stock market, there's room for pretty strong growth and there'll be various companies that have um, benefits that come with this growing economy coming out of the Omicron variant. So I'm very, very much um, supportive of the idea that the stock market can actually go up for the rest of this year. And uh, I don't think the Fed is that dumb that it will raise interest rates as aggressively as Jamie Dimon has been suggesting. And they'll be quite measured in the way they raise interest rates. And that measurement will be based on how powerful is the US economy coming out of all the, the pandemic problems that we've experienced since 2020. So that's my view on where, where I think the market can go. I now would like to hear from Julia Lee from Bourbon Invest. Thanks for coming to the program, Julia. Great to be here, Pete. All right, Julia, let's start off with the, the negativity that's prevailing on the market right now. Um, are you spooked by it or are you using, as a, using it as an opportunity to buy more stocks? Yeah, look, it has been quite scary on the market. We've seen volatility increasing and obviously January is not off to a good start. And I think firstly for investors, it's good to remind um, ourselves, you know, why the market is seeing this volatility and pulling back. And it's the fear of rising interest rates that's causing um, the market to get the wobbles. And I guess if we have a look at rising interest rates, what it does is it takes some of the froth out of the market and particularly for those stocks that aren't yet profitable. 
So I guess just from a strategic perspective, it's a good time just to recalibrate our portfolios into profitable uh, dividend paying ones with growth um, and moving away from more of the speculative type of investments. Having said that, you know, at the heart of it, I'm a fundamental investor and I think it's important to look at earnings growth. And this financial year consensus is that we're going to see earnings growing by 13% here on the Australian market and next year 6%. So that's still a pretty strong backdrop given where we are seeing interest rates at the moment. So I think after the wobbles, we should see some stabilisation. It's a little bit more of a worrying picture um, from my point of view for the longer term view, um, because obviously with valuations where they are at, at the moment, I think a bit more cautiousness longer term, but I think in the short term, we're due for a bit of a bounce back and medium term, we should see some earnings support coming through, hopefully in the February half year reporting season, which kicks off in a week or so. Yeah. And I guess, Julia, a, a lot of initial forecasts around companies' profits didn't incorporate Omicron, which really only came late November, early December. So I guess until we hear the February reporting, we don't really know what, what kind of hit has actually been imposed upon these companies. That's that's a really good point. And I think when it comes to reporting season, we are going to see some companies hit very hard because of the update that they give in February. And this I see as an opportunity to shift through. Um, when I look at companies that have been hit hard, what I want to try and try and figure out is if it's a once-off thing or whether it's something that's going to happen and there's a few cockroaches in the cupboard that are still going to come out down the track. Um, and if I think it's a one-off thing, then it's a wonderful opportunity usually to pick up a stock that gets beaten down at a lower price. Of course, if it is something that's going to have a longer-term impact, I steer well away. But certainly reporting season is known for the big share price actions, whether it's up or down, and the opportunities as well. So this reporting season, those Omicron updates, I think are an opportunity to try and figure out those companies that are going to see a once-off impact, but share prices are impacted negative versus those companies where there are factors at play which are going to continue to impact negatively. Yeah, I noticed today that Adair's the retailer, really copped it, probably down 20% or something, and they basically admitted that the Omicron impact has hit sales by 30 million. But I guess if we go, if we fast forward till the second half of this year, well, how of that could be just totally turned around, couldn't it? Yeah, um, and I, I guess that's one of the themes here at the moment. What Having a look to see those retailers that have been impacted positively by Omicron, so we've been living at home, probably don't want the dirty sheets, getting lots of new white goods, versus when things open up and we start spending money on other things, so probably travel as we open up, going out, restaurants, cafes, and hopefully all of that spending comes back again. So we are seeing a big shift away from companies which benefited during lockdowns and COVID. COVID, uh, and moving away from those type of companies earlier on. And whether that's healthcare or retailers, we're certainly seeing that shift at the moment. Um, companies I want to invest in at the moment and, and am investing is in uh, is where you know the baby's been thrown out with the bathwater. Um, that is the fundamentals are strong and improving, but the share price has been going down. So we've been topping up on Linus. It was my top pick last year and it did really yeah. well. But look, they came out with a quarterly report last week and they came out with record sales revenue. They said that in the second quarter, their customers had signaled that they expect momentum to actually strengthen in terms of uh, their, their order flow. So look, the second 
quarter looks like it's going to be even better than the first, and yet we're seeing quite a significant pullback in the shares. So we took that opportunity to top up today. Okay, that's Linus. Um, what about any other companies? Like, have, have you? I, I know you know you think that at least for the next three months or so, tech companies could really be struggling. But are any tech companies starting to look like? very attractive for you to hold maybe for the rest of this year because they're great companies and they really have been smashed at a time when tech stocks are being smashed. Yeah, look, WiseTech is one that's probably going to struggle a little bit in the short term because Omicron has impacted on cargo container ship volumes. But in the medium term, I think the outlook is still good and, of course, it is profitable. So looking at profitable tech companies versus unprofitable ones, I much prefer the profitable ones at the moment, but I think that growth story is very much still intact. In the same type of vein, it's not a tech stock, but very much benefiting from, um, I guess, our online shopping trends and e-commerce is a Goodman Group. And to show you how quickly things can turn around, I mean, Goodman Group shares were up by 3.5% today, and that's on a broken note that, you know, Goodman will probably upgrade this reporting season. So it's not hard to spot the trends. Uh, another area is lithium. They've been hit hard because we've seen electric vehicle company share prices hit hard, but the underlying business is looking strong, and that march towards zero carbon isn't going to, to slow down anytime soon. So, look, lithium's probably an opportunity to pick up um, if you if you have the stomach for it because it can be quite volatile on both up and down days. And you being a fund manager can explain to people that sometimes you could like a company, but because you just think the market's going to be excessively negative, you can you, you can actually join the 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 rush for the exits. Well you don't really want to, but it's just prudent to do it in the short term and then buy it again back at lower prices. Absolutely. Look, if you think the volatility is going to last for a bit longer, then you trim positions and then you buy in at a lower price. And we entered the month of January with about 30% in cash. And I have to admit, Pete, um, when the year started off, I thought I made the wrong decision because the market just kept on marching higher. But I'm pretty glad now and we're starting to spend that money um, pretty quickly down here um, because we have seen a very sharp sell-off. And on a day like today, um, we bought this morning and by the end of the day, we'd seen some pretty sharp reversals as well. I mean, today was amazing. Um, at one point, the market was down 1.2%. By the end of the day, the market was down 0.5%. But looking at the property sector where it saw a 2.4% turnaround and that's just intraday. So it's been pretty volatile, but the turnarounds have been pretty swift and quick as well. Yeah, I wrote for the Switzer report today that I thought this was a buying opportunity, not necessarily getting everything right at the right time, but still, uh, I, let's get, get to the one, one point I haven't brought up with you, the Jeremy Grantham call of a 45% fall in the stock market. I just, I just cannot see any reason for that to happen. Have you thought about and, and, and thought, well, maybe it's a possibility? Um, I guess with calls like this, it's all about the timing of it. Like most things in life, it's about getting the timing right. And the strange thing about the share market is that you could be 100% right and still lose all your money. And that's because your timing is a little bit off. So I guess in terms of, of market corrections, you come to expect them every eight to 10 years. And usually there's some sort of external cause which helps um, speed up that market downturn. At the moment, you know, the market is nervous about rates rising, but it's coming off emergency settings and very low levels. And in fact, rates are rising probably because central banks are worried that economies are, are looking to overheat when the Omicron crisis 
goes away and economies uh, start bouncing back quite strongly. I mean, just looking at here in Australia, where the unemployment rate's down at 4.2%, and you can see that the economy is relatively strong despite Omicron. Um, and even with small businesses doing it tough, the bounce back in economic activity is expected to be quite swift. So we probably don't need those emergency settings of 0.1%, which have been in place for more than a year now. Yeah, I must admit, I, I know the Fed is the pivotal to this whole interest rate story, but I do not think the Fed is that dumb that they're going to raise interest rates so rapidly that it actually creates both um, a, a big slowdown of the US economy and creates a 45% crash of the stock market. Yeah, I mean, a 45% crash um, in speculative assets, I would probably back. And we've certainly seen a lot of volatility in things like Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. It's already Um, happened there. Yes, but in terms of the market, just watching to see whether there is a flow-on effect. Um, Sometimes we do see, you know, uh, assets sort of at the fringe being the canary in the coal mine. So watching that carefully, but at interest rate, with interest rates as low as they are, I think it will take an external shock for um, a a decline of that magnitude in terms of the market. And that's because the earnings picture is still relatively strong. If we see that deteriorating, then that's a big red flag. But at the moment, you know, the market's expecting to see 13% growth in earnings this year. One last question. Have you got any Bitcoin and would you ever buy any Bitcoin? Um, You know, I I don't have any Bitcoin um, and probably because I love the share market. So really the share market is where I play and uh, specialise in, but I wouldn't rule it out down the track. I guess with Bitcoin, though, it, it is pretty speculative. So in terms of the risk horizon and trying to uh, to value it, it's fine when everyone's piling in. The problem mm. is when everyone's piling out, it's not like a money supply which goes up and down with Bitcoin. I guess the supply keeps expanding. Um, so when the tide's going out, you're still seeing probably an expanding supply there. And I think that's when the problem is with Bitcoin, not when you're making money. That's the good part. It's when the tide goes out. Yeah, exactly right. Julia Lee from Berman Invest, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Pete. Well, joining us now is June Baylou from Tribeca Alpha Plus. Good to see you, June Baylou. Great to see you, Peter. Hope you had a great break. I sure did. I'm looking forward to this year. Now, it's been a pretty interesting start, a lot of negativity around. How do you explain the negativity you're seeing right now? Look, the big thing is that we are seeing that little bit of a movement in bond yields. So the expectations for high interest rate is now started being built into the share market. Now, the problem, well, the problem, the the, uh, the reason that has a negative impact on the share market is because uh, a lot of valuation or especially expensive companies, the valuation is dependent upon on future expe- uh, interest rate expectations. So, you know, when people say rally in the bond yield simply means, um, you know, for the valuation needs to come down a little bit especially the really expensive sectors where companies don't make profit yet. Um, So we see a bit of a profit taking. Uh, There's a bit of nervousness about going to this reporting season. Uh, We just saw a few results uh, started in the US and they um, have disappointed somewhat. You know, we've got the uh, the investment banks talk to uh, slightly, um, you know, lower trading volume. We've got Netflix missed expectations. And this week is going to be a big week for earnings for the US. So there's a bit of nervousness about going 
money in. So, you know, there's just a bit of money leaving the share market um, just because, you know, there's just a little bit of uncertainty at this okay. point. How important is the, the FOMC meeting of the US Federal Reserve this week in determining how spooked the market's going to be in the short term? Yeah, look, I don't think, look, I think if anything, there's potentially for positive surprise. They have made it very, very clear. The first liftoff of interest rate is the, or the tapering is March this year. So they have made it so clear that, um, you know, a lot of that negativity has already been priced in. So uh, this Wednesday, all they're going to say is reiterate that. And if anything, they will um, reassure the market that the easy, easy, uh, cheap money is still going to be here to stay. Don't forget the interest rate is still at all-time low. Even if they increase many times this year, still going to be below pre-pandemic pandemic levels. And the US economy is running very, very hot. So they certainly have to slow it down somewhat. And that's why, um, you know, I actually think there's potentially for positive surprise on this point. Yeah. So, so my reading is just that at the moment, the expectation of the Fed is that maybe three interest rate rises this year. Then the bond market's saying, oh, no, we think that's not enough. There'll be five. And then Jamie Dimon, the CEO of JP Morgan, said there could be seven. Now, I'd love to know what he's smoking. I just I just cannot see the Fed no doing seven rate rises this year at all. Um, what, what, what's your best guess, Jim Miller? Look. I think the best guess is three. And I would tell you, whatever the market or the consensus is expecting, it will be less than that over the next three years. Because you know what? Ever since, uh, just remember the global financial crisis when the market crashed and then, you know, there was a lot of stimulus, there was all the easing. Remember how many years it took for the Fed to try to wind back all that easy liquidity? And they never really did before the uh, pandemic hit. So my view is that whatever everyone think it is today, it will be far slower and they will be far less. Okay. So therefore, when you, you would have read that Jeremy Grantham was making a call of 45% forward in the stock market, were you thinking to yourself, well, I know you've been right a long time ago, but it's been a long time since you've got these big calls right? Absolutely. And another thing is he is he has made a lot of money in the market and he is, um, you know, um, he has, you know, he's pretty old. And I my view is that he just want to make a call, a controversial call. Um, there is no basis for the market to fall that much. You know, whatever it is, economies growing money, a easy, uh, cheap money condition is still going to be here to stay. And all the policymakers around the world have said, yes, we're tiny little bit, but it this is not tightening. This is normalization to a normal world. So mm. all of that together, it's not going to fall nearly as much. If anything, I think the share market will be up this year. Yeah, yeah, me, me too. Um, okay, so let's then look at uh, how you plan to invest this year. What's the, the kind of overarching theme for your investments? Yeah, so um, uh, overarching is that you've got to think about the reopening economy is going to do well. So stick to those sectors. At the moment, they're all being sold off because Omicron and some of the disruptions and things continue to buy those sectors because earning will grow. And these are the companies who will be in the earnings upgrade mode. So buy these sectors and be cautious of the companies that have benefited enormously from the pandemic. So these companies' earnings will get downgraded and then sort of steer away, uh, whether these are the retailers 
or whether these are e-commerce. So just be mindful of that. Also, when the uh, world recovers in terms of growth and things, we think the re resources and energy will do well as the air travel picks up, as the China, um, you know, already starting uh, picking up the speed in terms of stimulating, we think those sectors will do well. Now, um, but these are the overarching big macro uh, calls. Be very mindful that this is a good time to actually pick up great quality companies. And, you know, I think this year will be a great buying opportunity for a lot of uh, high growth, um, whether it's tech, high growth um, sort of structural leaders, um, because at this point they've been sold off because valuations and all of that. You know, everyone's sort of selling these sectors just because uh, this whole herd mentality in the share market. But you will pick up those stocks and they will do well on a two year or even one year, uh, 12 month view. Um, you know, pick up those companies because we eventually world will realize we will struggle to grow to to grow on a five year basis. Only those companies can give you those uh, those, those uh, uh, structural growth earnings um, for your portfolio. People will chase after those companies. So a good time to pick up those companies, but be mindful, not for the concept stock. So this is where investors need to be discerning about any growth company and growth company with strong contracts, earnings, and something will uh, be around in five years' time. Yeah. yeah it's funny, you know, and I'll, I'll talk to you about some local stocks that you're chasing, but I look at a company like Zoom, and Zoom clearly was a big beneficiary of the coronavirus. And its share price went ridiculous, went very, very high. And now it's been sold off pretty aggressively. But it seems to me over the next four or five years, like we're using Zoom right now, you and me, I, I think it's a company of the future. And therefore, mm. if it gets to ridiculously low levels, if you buy it on a, as a long-term basis, I'm sure this company is going to be around for a long time and be a very valuable company. Absolutely. You're absolutely right, Peter. And that's how you should think, uh, should think as an investor, because Zoom has structurally, its competitive positions being structurally improved because of pandemic. We don't use um, the Microsoft meetings or others, but Zoom is incredible. At some point, you'll get taken out by one of those tech companies. Also, yeah. another example is Netflix. Uh, because of pandemic, now it's the largest media company. They can, they don't even need to grow the sub. They just need to put up their prices, $10 a month. Um, and uh, and then suddenly earnings increase incredible and they have all these cash to invest in content um, and the content has been fantastic recently so you know all of that together these companies are structurally stronger and sound on the longer term view so investors need to buy them okay now i'll mention two companies um, that, that people have been asking me about and and they really they're in the payment space they've really been copied zip has copied and Tyro's copped it. Now, I can see why Tyro might have copped it because Omicron has hurt hospitality and it makes a lot of money in the hospitality space. You go to a pub, often you'll, you'll be exposed to a Tyro um, um, machine paying on, on a credit card. And But payments companies generally have been really smashed. Have they been over-smashed? Uh, I think they have. I tell you why they have been is because they, they're not profitable. You know, these other companies need to get a lot of capital to keep lending. And plus they're at a phase where they're rapidly growing around the world. So um, they have been sold off a lot and they're out of favor with a lot of retail investors. And at the same time, remember those payments company have been a big beneficiary of the online e-commerce growth um, because most of the e-commerce business use those payments business. Mm. And then at the same time, when the offline retailers 
numbers aren't completely open. So, you know, so all of that together just means some of the uh, numbers they publish is a little bit weaker than expectations. But soon we should start seeing some of those num numbers pick up. And we do expect the M&A to pick up in this space very quickly. Next 12 months, we should see some of the payments business sort of unlist and get taken out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So let's go and look at the uh, stocks, your favorite stocks for 2022, given what you're seeing right now. What, what are, name a few names. Of course. So look, there's plenty of them. So the first one is Seek. Um, you know, a little bit tactical, uh, very, very strong jobs numbers heading into this result. We expect them. They haven't upgraded their earnings, but they have pointed to very, very strong numbers. So we think the result will do very, very well. Um, and secondly, the share price come off because it's been sold off as part of that whole um, expensive basket. But this company makes real money and its earnings linked to the reopening economy. So it is very, very strong. Um, and also Seek, um, don't forget, um, something about about the changes in the uh, in the labor market that is taking place around the world, um, you know, there's a lot of people leaving the workforce, and also um, because of you know um, all the pandemic has changed um, the, the structural uh, pattern of some of those industry. Uh, if anything, we will actually see the job market uh, in terms of volume picking up structurally over the next few years, um, if not for five years. So, you know, this company is very well positioned. There's no other way to play it. Um, and it's directly translating to earnings. And at the same time, it's premiumizing, premiumizing its, um, its product. So, um, you know, a lot of upside for, for that company. Yeah. Okay. That's sick. What else you got? Yeah, so I got I got a couple of other ones. Um, I I don't really want to keep talking about tech, but these these are the companies that's being sold off a lot. <laughs> Another one is Zero. You know, Zero. Um, if you look sort of trading range, it's being sold off a lot. Um, again, it's on the basis of being very very expensive. Um, I mean, this is a company actually is turning profits, um, and its growth it's expanded its market um, uh, market opportunity from Australia, New Zealand to UK now into the US, and everything has in indicated it's gathering momentum um, and then recently expanding into new product category and it's going to it's going uh, very very well so that space we also like um, there's another little company um, you know being sold off a lot um, you know the reason I'm talking about those because they're very tackle tactical because they're just being sold off is Megaport um, you know recently it had a quarterly number um, you know the miss was very very minor for a new product and um, and the share price was down 15%. Um, you know, that share price will recover even in, in the taking a three-month view. Uh, we think this company, it's, um, you know, this company is almost like, um, what would you call it? The infrastructure business of the future. Um, yeah. You know, a bit like the Telstra of the future, but much more sexy version. Um, and uh, so, you know, these are the businesses that you should pick up. They should do very well, um, but you just got to be, got to be a little bit patient. Yeah, great stuff. Well, there's some three very interesting companies, Jumbo Lu. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, thank you so much. Have a great afternoon. And that was Jumbo Lu of Tribeca Alpha Plus Fund. Thanks for joining us. Remember, if you want more information, if you want more insights into the stocks that we're talking about, think about subscribing to the Switzer Report. Go to switzerreport.com.au. It's your chance to get as I say, insights from people who look at the market, have been analysing the market for a long, long time. They have lots of experience and they do actually provide some great ideas for people who want to try and build their wealth in the stock market. Once again, thanks for joining us. Talk to you on Thursday.